Hello, podcast listeners. This is Eric from the What He Said, She Said podcast with Eric and Michelle. Today we have episode 64, an article by Carrie McAvoy, PhD. My problem with first dates and 50-something-year-old men. Yes, she is a little bit angry. But Michelle and I have a conversation regarding this article. And now, on to the show. Uh, I clicked off. Do you see it? No, I see percentages. Oh, yeah, the percentages. I just think that that's the quality of the uh, audio. Okay, we are starting. I sent it to our Facebook group. So let's see if anyone joins in. You know, I said going live at 620. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if anyone clicks. So once again, this is Eric and Michelle from the What He Said, She Said podcast. And today we have episode 64. And the last episode was quite timely since we were talking about Swifty because she hasn't been in the news at all. <laughs> uh, you know what? I I really haven't had time to be on social media other than posting my work stuff. Um, but my neighbor, Natasha, who, as you know, was on one of the podcasts as my she co-host. Um, that, that was one we thought we lost, but then I found it again. Yeah, we thought it was lost and then it was found. Anyway, she was like, oh, my God, I can't stand it. If the Chiefs win, it's going to be Swifty this, Swifty that. <laughs> exactly. And Jason yeah. Kelsey and all that stuff. So um, I haven't really paid much attention. My daughter did send me something uh, with Taylor Swift. I, I guess they were celebrating after the win. Mm. Um, and they're all, like, dancing. I think it was a TikTok Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, anyway. someone just liked someone just liked our, our our link that we put in our <laughs> on the. Uh, oh, it says rolling out the red carpet. I turned my speaker off, so I wonder if. Oh, final repetition. Hold I on. can hear you. I can hear yeah. you. All right. Well, oh. are are we okay? Because I'll get started. Yeah. Well. Oh. Well. Let's talk about the article. So the article is by. Carrie McAvoy, PhD, and this is a, a relatively, I think I, it was 2023, and the article is called My Problem with First Dates and 50-something-year-old men. Which so falls I hope that, right into our demographic. I hope this isn't a man, I hope she hasn't had like a bunch of horrifically bad first dates, and so she's just like going to be just hating on men. Well, I think that I I quickly glanced through and I think there's some tips for men and women. So, but this is very true and it could be because of the state of technology and also a post-COVID world. But she talks about how to improve the art of conversation. I agree with that 100%. Right? A recent yeah, first I mean, date. Yeah, well, a- first... A conversation and being able to eloquently tell your story of who you are or what you're looking for, I think is incredibly important when you're dating online. Absolutely. Agreed. Do it. Do it, Michelle. This is a recent first date. It's going to be a story. As I recently stepped into an unfamiliar upscale restaurant, I smiled at my date's choice of venue for our first meeting. He chose the perfect place to get to know someone better. The crowd was sparse for it being happy hour. Tabletops for four were scattered about the room. Soft music played in the background and the murmuring of the clientele was low. Looking around, I spied a man sitting alone. That's always the fun part, right? I spied a man. (laughs) Sitting alone, he was scanning the faces of those entering the restaurant. He seemed a bit older than his profile picture, wink, wink, (laughs) nudge, nudge, and a few pounds heavier. What? I readjusted my expectations and let it go. I nodded to indicate I'd seen him. He got to his feet as I approached. Here was the first awkward moment. Do we shake hands, hug, or give a kiss on the cheek? 
I watched for any nonverbal cues to indicate his preference. He gave me a quick hug, not too close or too tight, and then took his seat once again. Oh, that's good. Since, <laughs> since we've been texting a few days, I knew a bit about him, where he worked, that he was divorced, and that his grown-up children were doing well. Looking at him from across the table, I smiled and said, love this restaurant. Been here before? <clears throat> yep. Someone from work recommended it. He answered. He returned his slight smile and looked down at the menu as we both let the initial rush of awkwardness pass. Now we've reached the second hurdle. Who will take the lead of the conversation and what will be the first topic? You've been dating much, he asked. I inwardly groaned, a potential trick question. Was he assessing the scope of his competition, wanting to share daring, dating war stories, or checking in to see how I'm holding up with the challenging task of online dating? I sidestepped it by answering, it's going okay, you? And thus started our first real conversation. Interesting. You know, I remember I would get this question, and it's... <laughs> And it, and it must have been in an article somewhere, the whole assessing, you know, your competition is when I would first get in contact with someone, you know, you actually have a couple of messages going back and forth. And then inevitably the message would come out, well, how many people on this site are you talking to? And it's kind of like, well, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I'm talking to you, and it's just like, you know, I think, oh, I think that's one of those things that must have come out when it's like how to know if someone's like a serial dater. You know, they got like three or four people on the on the hook at one time. Yeah. To me, oh, that's like way too much energy. I only have enough energy for one person. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, unless you're speed dating like I was. Uh, yes, the Michelle speed record of was it four <laughs> dates or five dates? No, I think it was. I think it was one. Uh, I think four it was dates one. In two days. What's that? Wasn't it four in two days? I think it was four in three days. It was Friday night. Sat two on Saturday, one on Sunday. Woo! And then you and then you went to church for a break. <laughs> <laughs> I went to church before the set, the last date. <laughs> oh my god! Was that was it? That wasn't drunk, Bill, was it? No, no, that was here. Oh, okay. um, my speed dating, my speed dating experience was in Pennsylvania. Although I did have, um, I think when I was here, I did do like two dates, two dates in one weekend, like one one Saturday, one Sunday. I don't know. That was that was a while ago. That seems that seems <laughs> fairly reasonable though. So yeah. so drunk Bill, if if many people go like who the hell's drunk Bill, you got to go back and find that episode. I can't remember. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good one though. Uh, so, I'll just never forget the text message that I sent him. I'm like, it was really nice to meet you, and it's super cool that you know you're from the Philadelphia area. You're an Eagles fan, Flyers, Phillies. That's really cool, but but I can't see you again because you triggered triggered me big time. What did he, he said he had like he drank like eight beers or something like that. Well, the first night I met him, it was like a, in the hour and a half time span that I sat there at the bar, which I was drinking club soda, and he must have slammed like at least five pints so 16 Whoa. ounce beers and not i'm not talking modello or coors light this was like ipa holy moly and he wasn't even like slurring his words i'm like mm. I, I had a, I, okay so this was a professional drinker i had an uncle like that and here's the funny part so i used to go out to arizona in the summers and work at my grandmother's restaurant and she had a restaurant right on the california arizona border and so my uncle Jack would drive me back to Indio, which is like the halfway point between Parker and Claremont. My whole job when he was driving me back was to make sure he had a cold Budweiser in his hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> so my only job was to make sure that and he would probably drink four or five, six beers driving me out to 
you know, to uh, to Indio. You know, <laughs> it's like, and uh, no, no slurring the words. I don't remember him being all swervy. It was just like it was. That was just normal. Oh my god, yeah. that's so he, funny. He was the supervisor <laughs> at Metropolitan Metropolitan Water District, and he would actually have the Budweiser truck come to his house and deliver beer for everyone in the camp. So, I mean, they would drop off like hundreds of cases of beer. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> he stored it in his garage. And it was like, that was just normal. I don't know. Kind of crazy. Yeah, still, Budweiser versus IPAs. Yes, Huge it's difference. true. All right, it's, you go ahead. An example of the art of conversation. An example of the art of conversation. Once in a while, the first dates go well. The conversation flows as each of us takes turn, it's kind of like that tennis match, you know, volleying back and forth. Yeah. A thoughtful and probing question. The conversational, the conversational lead is like a ball we toss back and forth between us. Oh, I just said that. Each person holds it briefly before lopping it in the other person's direction. It looks something like this. Date, tell me a bit about your work. Me, I'm a retired psychologist and I write full time now. Oh, wow, that's a big change. How did you come about that? Me, after counseling for over 20 years, I decided it was time to do something new. I discovered writing almost accidentally. This line of discussion continues for a few more minutes before I ask, what about you? Tell me more about your work. Oh, man. The tell me about your work can be a slippery slope, especially if it's someone that doesn't really like their work. Right. It's that can be a that can be a rough sea, <laughs> and so, so, and just like that, the spotlight shifts to the other person. This example is how discourse is supposed to go between two people in a back and forth motion, with each person taking a turn at being at the center of attention. Wow, you can really tell that a psychologist wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is kind of like every sentence should be stated in an ideal world. This is what should happen. Exactly. I like it, though. I like the way she writes. Okay. We've forgotten how to be curious. <clears throat> However, I've discovered through my recent re-entry into the realm of dating that this rarely happens. Granted, I'm in my 50s now. The men I've been meeting have gone through some tough stuff. They may have experienced one or two divorces or the death of a spouse. They've raised children, might have had a job shakeup, and moved a few times. Maybe there have been losses, rejections, or unwanted surprises. All of this creates an opportunity for growth or for more hangups. I've learned firsthand I can approach life from a position of fear or curiosity. Unfortunately, openness and curiosity seem to be a rarity among men my age. Interesting. Let's pick back up with the first guy I described at the beginning of the article. We met online, texted a couple of days, had a lovely telephone conversation. We decided to meet up for dinner. My hopes were high. Right after this guy asked if I'd been dating much, the conversation took a turn for the worst. He mm. then proceeded to share what had gone wrong with all the previous women he'd met. Oh, my gosh. We talk <laughs> about this all the time. Lumping me in without getting to know me, I heard how we women want too much from him, can't accept him the way he is, and hide important details. So when I was going through my dating um, potential guys on the apps, that was always my thing when I was getting ready to hit the X, either on Zeus or Max, or um, Match, I would go. <laughs> that would have been my in-head response. That totally, to that. Like your that totally sounded like your brother when we had him on. What? The the With whole me. the whole oh all these women they just want free dinner. <laughs> well, I mean that does exist, but you it don't say that to your date on your first date. You no. say that to your friends. True. Anyway, defensive anger radiated from him as he repeated the same message two to three times. Ooh, Mister Angry. Uh, remember Angry Tom? I oh. nodded my <laughs> I nodded my head and offered sympathetic comments. I tried to steer the conversation into safer topics, only to have him revisit his grievances once again. True. This went on for nearly two hours before I stood and politely said I needed to go home. Boy, she had staying power. 
<laughs> I wish I could say my last date was an anomaly, but that experience has been the norm. Another suitor talked at me for two hours except to take a bathroom break. He didn't ask me one single question, not one. Wow. I wonder I, if that's a guy thing. I mean, I'm no, like a total, it's not, it's not, I'm a total I, interviewer. Yeah, but Eric, come on, let's be real. You are not the typical guy. I'm just saying. I've seen your profile. (laughs) I've seen your profile, and it's very lengthy, which is great. It's long, and it's detailed. It's long, and it's detailed, but I'm betting you most guys are not like that. I've never seen seen one. (laughs) I've never seen one super long. Yeah, honestly, the one I had on OK Cupid. Dude, I just set you up. Oh, oh, oh! That's what she said. <laughs> Damn, you aren't. Damn, I, hold on. What was that again? Was it short or was it long? <laughs> I said I've never seen one long before. That's what she said. <laughs> I can edit that. I can edit it. I have editing ability. So, but, but, you no, know, I think you need to leave that in actually. It was pretty oh, yeah, funny. That'd be funny. Pick up on it. Yeah. The, the, uh, the interesting thing is I, I, I would only gravitate to people who actually wrote more than like one paragraph, you know, and hopefully they in kind would see my profile and say, oh, wow, like it's kind of detailed. I went, I think it was during COVID. <laughs> My okay Cupid, I just I literally sat down one night and I just started typing and it it is like Ted Kaczynski manifesto length. I mean <laughs> it is huge. And I've actually received messages That's from people. I've actually received messages from women and they said, Wow, that was a really impressive profile. She goes, I don't think we're gonna be a <laughs> But that was a really impressive profile. How long that you know? How long that was, <laughs> Michelle? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm here and I'm laughing. <laughs> and so, and so, I I decided to just leave it because I'm like, okay, whoever reads this long ass profile is going to know a little bit more about me, and it's either going to be it's either going to click or they're going to go, this guy's a total psycho. You know, this guy wrote like five pages, single space. Like, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> well, the funny, the funniest thing, the funniest thing is when someone would reply to me on, on that site. And then they would ask me these, these totally inane questions like, oh, well, what do you do for work? Oh, obviously, you didn't, obviously <laughs> you didn't read my profile. Oh, what do you like to do for fun? Obviously, you didn't read my profile. You know. Oh it's my like, gosh! They probably saw your profile and were just like, "I can't. I don't even know where to start with this guy. I, I'm just gonna ask him questions." Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it always turned out that like, oh well, uh, and I think one person even said, "Oh, do people actually read profiles?" It's like, well, I do. <laughs> you know, it's like. You know, and yeah, I might be I might be the, the needle in the haystack who does. <laughs> Instead of most guys are going swipe right, yeah, I bang her. Swipe left, no way. It's like oh yeah, I sleep with her. You know, it's like you know, and the problem with the swiping, especially it was interesting. I actually listened to a tech podcast and it was talking to the guy who started Tinder and he's the one who invented the whole swiping right, swiping left. And and how they've done these cognitive tests on people and how that whole looking at one or two pictures and then swiping of how that just, it, it either feeds or doesn't feed that primal <laughs> part of our brain. Mm. You know, and it's just like, you know, and it's, and it's all physical attractiveness. And men who have a tendency to be more visual, I mean, it feeds right into that, you know, like, oh, yeah. and then there's some people who just go, I'm desperate. Right, 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 right. <laughs> swiping right. Like, I'll and take anything. Someone responds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some, some, some uh, sites, 
I think Bumble did this, where you can only swipe right so many times, and then it, like, cuts you off, and you have to wait 24 hours for your swipes to reset. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's kind of Well, nuts. it just keeps people from, like, putting their their distance oh, really? 100 swiping? miles and swiping right on a 1,000 people. That's right. Yeah, it's just like, it. yeah, it's kind of that. But also, one of my pet peeves is the first message. Whenever I would just get a hi, like, hi. It's like, really? That's it? That's all I get is hi? <laughs> That's all you get. That's all I get is hi? Really? Okay, after you read my profile, you, you mustered up two keystrokes and now and hit send. Oh it's my like, gosh. It's like, come on. It's like, you got to go a little deeper than that. It's like, you got to say, and this is where it comes in handy to read a profile. It's like, hi, you know, oh, it looks like we live within, you know, a reasonable distance of each other. And, you know, you <clears throat> like the outdoors. You like to play pickleball. You like to play tennis. You, it's like, we have so much in common. It'd just be fantastic getting to know more about you. That's all you have to say. Find a commonality and then build on that. But just sending hi to me is like, and and I've said this in prior podcasts, and I'm a firm believer in this. The amount of effort a person puts in is probably going to be equal to the amount of effort they're going to put into a relationship. Yeah. So if they're lazy, you know, it's like, yep, you're going to get lazy. Yep. Exactly. Okay, so let's. I'm going to do. Does having life experiences equate to being self-absorbed? What? Do it. Do it. Oh my God! What happened? Where did the art of conversation go? We can't all be this flagrantly narcissistic, can we? Yes, we can. (laughs) There are a lot out there. God, honestly, I'm discouraged. She's been hurt. This woman, I I need to go give this woman a hug. She she's been hurt. Back. <laughs> she's <laughs> a hug. I'm discouraged. Where are a few good men who can show up emotionally, who are genuinely interested in getting to know their partner? Women aren't perfect. I know that all too well. Oh, she's a little self-deprecating. Uh oh. I've read several recent articles about the unreasonable expectations women have of men. Both sexes need to take responsibility for getting their shit together. No kidding. So what can we do to improve the first date experience? Here are a few suggestions. All right. I'm going to read the men. Yes. And you read the women. Okay. All right. Four men. Dear <laughs> dear John. Oh, my God. Not dear John. <laughs> Relax. You don't need to impress her. She already is interested or she wouldn't have agreed to meet you. That's number one. Number two, use your nervous energy to help you focus. Channel it into positive interest. Number three, remember the person you are meeting is someone new. If you've done your work to heal after the last breakup, she isn't like your past girlfriend or wife. Ding, 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 ding. Number four. I've actually said the, I'm going to interject. I've actually said these words in, on a date. I've stopped the person mid sentence when they're yo, just yo, talking, yo, about, yo. talking about their ex, <laughs> talking about their ex, talking about their ex. And I go, hold on, excuse me. My name is Eric Pippins. I am not your ex husband. <laughs> I love it. You I know, and, you and, know. And, and, so, I've and it kind of breaks. Firm. I've heard that. I I literally stick my hand out and it literally breaks them of this. They get on this rant and they're just like, oh my God, my ex husband did this. My ex husband did that. Do you hold her hand and look her in the eyes when you say that? No, I I reach across and I shake my hand like I'm introducing myself again. Oh, oh. I I thought you were looking, holding her hand gently and saying, looking and gazing. And gazing in her, her eyes and saying, honey, honey, Linda. And then, I, then I'm singing, <laughs> my first love, your every breath that I take. All right. Number four. 
Eric singing, I got to move on. Monitor yourself and make sure you are giving her equal time to share the conversational floor. Keep your answers to a few sentences and then lop a question to her. Love that. She likes to lop. She must play <clears throat> She's a lopper. Cindy. Cindy Lopper. Well, the, the lopper no. was the guy who was chopping people's heads off in New York. <laughs> oh, mon dieu. All right. Number five, don't put her on the spot at the end of the date by asking her if she would like to go out with you again. I like that. Wait a few hours or until the next day to check in with her. But do check back in. Agreed. Yeah, because that's kind of noxious, obnoxious when somebody asks you at the end of your first date in, in this kind of environment if you want to go out again. I think I, you need to have time to, to ruminate about like, did it go well? You know, and some people are very self-critical. And so they're, and so sometimes people are like, oh my, and I, I, I'm like, I blew it, you know? And it's like, well, you know, I, I think people are really hard on themselves sometimes. Yeah, I had a, I had a date with a, um, a close talker, really nice guy. Like in Seinfeld. Uh, like in Seinfeld. But he asked me that question at the end of the date. And, and honestly, I probably would have gone out with him again. Um, until... as, long as, didn't, as long as he didn't go, hey, Michelle, you know, I'd really like to go out with you again. And, he, and then you look at him and go, you I mean me with you? <laughs> <laughs> me with you? Wait, what? Uh, huh? Yeah, or you have a perplexed look on your face like, really? Oh, really? Okay. Ah, interesting. All right, number six. Finally, don't ghost her. Guilty. If you aren't interested in pursuing anything further, politely tell her so and wish her well. I had to ghost Angry Tom. I mean, I shouldn't have done it, but he really pissed me off. You don't leave a girl to run back to her car three and a half, four miles after your date. He, He literally abandoned you in the dark. Almost dark. It was almost dark in a freaking wooded park. That was not cool. He did not deserve anything from me after that. That was bizarre. I didn't give him. I he was texting me and I just ignored it. Well, I got I got accused. I got accused of of ghosting someone, and I didn't ghost him at all. And and they they accidentally (laughs) sent the message to the wrong Eric. Oh my god, that's hilarious! It was funny because after the first date, it's like just no chemistry. And then I said to her, "I go, you know, I, I actually, I called her the next day. I called her the next day, and I said, you know, I had a really nice time meeting you, but I just don't feel enough commonality to to pursue this anymore. But I wish you luck." And then, like six months later, I get a, a text. From a number that I, that I don't really recognize, I'm like, who the hell? It's like, like what? What you ghosted me? And it's just, I'm like, uh, who are you trying to reach? <laughs> oh my gosh! And she, and she had she had had two Eric's in her phone, and she saw, she chose the wrong one. Oh my god, that's funny. It was funny. That's a good one. It actually. was a it was a good one actually because I was like who is like who is this who did, did I go I haven't even gone out with anyone how how can I go someone if I haven't gone out with anyone <laughs> that's kind of oh, crazy my goodness gracious okay for the women ooh or as we, as we like to call them the chiquitas <laughs> or well, the woman <laughs> avoid giving a list of your preferences such as likes and dislikes in a guy. Keep an open mind by giving this person a chance before making a snap judgment based on superficialities. Interesting. I think men are guilty of that, too. Ask yourself, how does it feel to be with this guy? Do you feel safe, respected, or admired? Or are you uncomfortable, intimidated, or edgy? Listen to your gut. It's your best friend. I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Nonverbal cues your conscious may miss. Know your boundaries and limitations before going on a date. Are you comfortable with any physical contact, meaning a hug? I think a hug is perfectly reasonable after a first date. Yeah. If so, what kind and to what extent? What topics are okay to talk about? And what is what's best to wait until you know someone better? 
Stay within these guidelines unless you can articulate to yourself a clear reason to break your own rules. Mm, I think stick to your stick to your rules on the first couple dates. Yes. Be blunt about your desires and needs. Women often use indirect communication to express themselves, whereas men are more likely to use direct communication. Don't expect your date to read between the lines. Oh, my God. That's like the eternal men and women fight. Yeah. If you aren't interested, say so. If something is making you uncomfortable, speak up. If you want to leave, tell him. Don't leave him guessing. Most likely, he'll get it wrong. Men are a bunch of dummies. Yep. And honestly, they're not wrong. Right. There are some real dumb dudes out there. So, so <clears throat> the end, maybe we need to readjust our expectations. I still think this lady's been hurt. An agenda for the first date. <laughs> to come into the experience with an open mind. To intentionally leave our leftover relationship garbage either at the therapist's office, meaning call me, call me, or in the past where it belongs. Maybe we need to learn to approach the process of getting to know a potential romantic interest with curiosity. I agree with that. Maybe we need to learn to listen more and to talk less. I have had dates that, where they don't talk practically at all. And it's like, and, and I say this often, I go, I can carry a conversation. I just don't want to, mm. you know? And, and so if it, it's why I can't really date someone who's introverted. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard if they, if they are not, <clears throat> you know, a, a mutually, you know, a mutual talker, a mutual conversationalist. So, yep. So as for me, over a week ago, I decided to take a break. Oh, my goodness. She needed I, a break. She needed a break. She's yeah. a bit of an angry elf. She is. a Yeah, I'm going in a different direction. <laughs> She's going gay and have hired a matchmaker service. I'll let the matchmaker vet my dates so I don't have to. Let's see if that works any better. Interested mm. in learning who I'm using for matchmaker service? Check out Talkify. Once again, I will put this article link in the show notes. But you know, I think for I think the first two or three dates are challenging because you're still kind of getting to feel that person out. But I think even it doesn't matter if we're in our forties or fifties or even older, I still think there needs to be a level of physical attractiveness. For yeah. relationships to move forward. Yes, yeah. for sure. And and I think that's a I think that's a huge challenge for a lot of people because you know the gray hair is starting to kick in, you know, they're not as active. It's like, you know, yeah, granted, you know, you and I, <laughs> a lot of our friends, we're all very active people. And I get this from my my relatives, my cousins especially, they're like you know, they'll see that I went out for like a 50 mile ride and they're like, how do you do that? And it's I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't think about it. I just go do it. You right. Know? It's like well, if, I, if I sat and ruminated over it, like, wow, that seems like a long way. It is a long way. Yeah. It is a long way. You know, we're doing a century soon. It's like 100 miles. That's a long way. I know. Well, it's funny. I went out Saturday after not riding for five weeks. And did like, I don't know, 40 or 41. And uh, I was telling somebody about that. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't ridden in five weeks. So, you know, just doing a short, mostly flat ride, 40, a little over 40 miles. And they're like, what? <laughs> You're, that's, that's like not much? I'm like, well, compared to the norm, no, it's not. Wow. Very so. cool. Yeah, I mean it, it's a, it's one of those things to where there are there are people within our friends group who do double centuries. You know, they're doing 200 mile rides. Yeah. Which I find absolutely insane. That is crazy. Although it I've is. been thinking about doing it. A double? Yeah. I I'm I was I would really like to do the triple crown. You, you would have quadruple FOMO. What do you mean? 
Well, because a double century, that's that's 14 hours. That's 14 hours. That's a whole day. It is a whole day. Yeah. That's 14 hours in the saddle. Yeah. Well, you know, you'd have to I've build done, up to it. I've done two. It's so funny. I've done two double centuries and I've done two marathons. And you know what? Don't have any desire to do it ever again. <laughs> uh, so you're saying don't bother. If if it's something you feel you want to accomplish, um, I'd say go for it. But, you know, throw a century in there. It, it, I always tell people this. I go, do a century or do a relatively flat and easy century, you know, and then say to yourself just mentally, okay, I'm halfway. Yeah. For sure. How does that mentally <clears throat> equate in your head? Like yeah. you're, you're going to be like, holy crap, man, what did I get myself into? For sure. And and the thing is, you need to have really good and compatible partners when you're doing the double, meaning that you're you're all about the same speed. You know, so you're not I need to go, do it with Maria. Think hmm? I can convince her. <laughs> There's no way Maria would do a double. That's hard for me to get her to come out and do a, a, a single. Uh, I can't stand doing. I, I mean, I really don't like doing hundreds. So then, how, then why are you gonna like? To, how are you gonna do a two? Because if I gotta do one hundred, I may as well just do two hundred. I'd say I'd say throw a one fifty in there and see what see how that ruminates. Yeah, true that. Because it's like it's it. If you if you're able to do a 150, you need to say to yourself, could I realistically do three and a half to four more hours on the bike after this? Yeah, that that's, that's a tough call. That's a big if. And I remember the first time I did I did an organized <laughs> level, and I had a lot of people that I was riding with, and. It was fantastic. The second one, I went up and I was with a bunch of just badass Cat 1 and Cat 2 riders that are racers. Mm -hmm. And we rode from San Jose to the Yosemite Valley. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I grievously, this was my grievous error, <laughs> is the last 30 miles is uphill. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, not a little bad, a lot of bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's just like, oh my god. And yeah, well, and well we started, we had to go over Mount Hamilton to get out of San Jose. So we had to so we had to go up this huge climb just to, just to get out of uh, San Jose. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, okay, okay, then then you're going across, you know, basically Farmville and you know thankfully it was pretty chill not a lot of wind but then we get to the last 30 miles and everyone left me because they were all climbers and I was just like I was by myself and I remember I said to myself just look at your front wheel don't look up because it's uphill it's uphill for 30 yeah. miles right and I and I just like I just <clears throat> It's like I was kind of, I was so brain dead. I was just kind of like, just keep turning the pedals over. Just keep turning yeah. the pedals over. That's all I just, I just kept saying that to myself. Just keep turning the pedals over. And it was like, and I, and I made it, but I was like, I was such a blubbering fool when I got done. <laughs> it was like, I was so out of it. I bet. It, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was one of, you know, running a marathon is still the hardest thing from a physicality standpoint that I've ever done. Yeah. It just it just wipes it just wipes your body. It just kicks your ass. And just everything hurts. Your arms hurt, your legs hurt, you know, your calves, your hams, like everything hurts. And but you know, I was I think the most I think the most completely like zoned out of it 
was that double century. I was just like, I was just, I was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I was completely just, it, I mean, if they would have done a sobriety check on me, I probably would have come across as drunk. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, holy moly. Like, what the hell did I just get myself into? Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. funny. It, yeah. It so was, you're really talking it up. Well, you know, at this, I think, I think you, I think you need to really think hard and long about that. <laughs> that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Oh my god! You on know. a roll. I guess I gotta look because we didn't have we didn't have garments back then. I gotta look and see how how many how many miles. I know it's I know it's two hundred, but let's see. Where is it? That's the Iwani. There is the chapel. Oh, there's Curry Village. Okay, so how far to Curry Village? Oh, 195 miles. Oh, no wonder I was tired. 13,000 <laughs> people climbing. No wonder that's I was tired. Crazy. That's, a, that's crazy. That's a, <laughs> yep. 195 miles, 13,000 feet of climbing. Wow. That's a lot. That was a lot of climbing. <laughs> I don't know how much I've, I don't know how much I've done in total. I think like over six thousand. I think the the cool breeze was over. It might have been sixty six hundred. I have to go back and look at that. Yeah, there's okay. We're com I'm coming off the last descent, and so at a hunt mile one sixty five, it just slightly goes uphill, and it gets a little steeper. <laughs> so for thirty miles, it was uphill. My God, Yikes. no wonder I was tired. Oh my goodness gracious! That cray cray, cray cray. So, so, um, are you going to talk a little bit about your menopause mastery <laughs> tips and fat loss group? Fitness always comes first. Of course. Would you say uh, the tip always comes first? What? Yeah, the tip always comes first. Um, <laughs> I just. I'm grazing right over that. Uh, yeah. Although at this point I am waitlisting clients because I got, I'm pretty much maxed out, but wow. it's a great group and you should go there to, um, learn about actually I'm, I'm kind of not rebranding, but I'm, I'm switching up my, my message a little bit. Mm. And uh, I was on with my business coach on Friday and she came up with one phrase, which I won't repeat. Actually, I can. She, it's a, uh, she's like, F you menopause. And I'm like, yeah, that's so not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if you, if anybody that knows me knows that I don't drop the F bomb and I would literally get in trouble if I ever did that in front of my kids or my mom. Maybe not my kids now. So would they make I said, you put a dollar in the that. jar? Would they make you put a dollar in the jar? Or what? No, my uh, my dad would have whooped my ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, we're talking about calling it "bring it menopause," which I definitely like better. Hmm. I don't know about "bring it." I, bring it sounds like you're encouraging it. Exactly. Bring it. I can handle it. Wow. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about bring it. But you don't know about bring it? I kind of like it. How about this? The uh, challenge. It's a challenge. About, this is Eric Marketing 101. How about <laughs> menopause is not the end? It's a new beginning. Oh, it's too fluffy. Too fluffy? Too fluffy. Okay. I need something a little more. More, more, I don't know. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Well, maybe you, you go in, go into chat GPT and have it come up with uh, 10, 10 alternatives slogans <clears throat> for menopause. Well, you know why we came up with that? Because kind of like the theme of my life is people saying, I can't do this, I can't do that, mm. or you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. And every time I've listened to them, it's gotten me in trouble. Every time I go with what I want to do or my gut, 
it works. <laughs> and I I, I, that. I, I'm the exact opposite. When someone says that, I'm just like, get away from me. <laughs> well, that's why I'm like, okay. Yeah, don't tell me what not to do or what to do because I'm going to do the opposite of what you say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to seriously, me, so... I had to do my Toastmasters um, icebreaker speech. Toastmasters is excellent. Excellent. Yeah, group. it is. <laughs> yeah. um, when we were at IBM, we were required to be part of Toastmasters. I love it. And you know what I love is when they do the um, the impromptu ones where you have to get up like and talk for two minutes and you have no mm-hmm. idea what you're going to talk about. Yep. Oh, I, it's I, really I, helped me with my speaking because I don't pause as often. Oh, interesting. You kind of filibuster? Well, you know, you know how people say like, um, uh, oh, yeah. you know. The one, so. the one that I have tried to eliminate from my life is got. I hate when I say got instead of have. When, it's like, like give I, me an example. Well, it just it just it just slips in. It just slips in in conversation. I got a road bike. Well, oh, the, my favorite one was uh, it, we went. I went to Catholic high school, and we had Irish Catholic priests. And if you said something grammatically incorrect, the uh, Father Cronin, who we called Father Jesus, because he looked like Jesus, and so he he would say, "Oh." Ain't you got no grandma, son? Oh, I could see that, but that's Ain't cool. You got no grandma, son? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you know, because or the old Father Cronin, can I go to the bathroom? And he goes, I don't know. Can you? <laughs> May I go to the bathroom? You know, it's like, yeah. I remember it, that one. Can I go? Yeah, to the Father bathroom? Cronin in English. He did not. He did not suffer fools. All right, we've gone way over 30 minutes. <laughs> way over. All right. So let's so, let's wrap it up. Oh, I, I wonder if we have any people in the audience. Is there any if there's anyone out there, do the whisper backstage. Say hello. How do you, how there's do you a little thing that says whisper, whisper backstage. Let me see. Let me type one thing in. I'll do a hola. Send. Oh, Gary. Gary's on. Hey now. <laughs> Of course he is. Of course, the HTG. <laughs> I don't think we can see how many people are on as... Oh, Michelle. <coughs> that was hey, Michelle. me. Michelle's here. Okay, that's good. <laughs> okay, well, it's good that Michelle's here. You're, you're, you're the host. That's well, right. I, I definitely like this Riverside app, but I, I'm going to start using it more professionally at work for, like, video. I like that you can have, you can create, if you have a paid version, multiple studios. So you can yeah. have different studios for different different uh, things that you do. So, so what, what, how would you use this at work? Well, um, I want to start doing, I want to start doing um, Facebook Live type th- events for, for the Santana, uh, the Santana clientele. Okay. And so, and then I also have that other podcast that I was working on, the cycling one. Yeah, yeah. Kind of went on the back burner, but lately I've been editing the podcast that I have in the hopper, and yeah. so I have five already done. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward with that one, but that one's gonna be like a once a month kind of thing. Gotcha. But I, don't know. I, I know so many people in the cycling industry. I think I could get enough people to talk about it. Um, I really like the, I really like helping promote small bike shops, you know, because I'm a firm believer that the small independent bike shops are the backbone of the cycling industry. And especially now that you have all these, uh, stores or shops that were independent and then they got bought by specialized or giant or Trek. And then now they're corporate owned one brand only bike shops, which I think is limiting for, uh, it's limiting for people, Uh you know, it's like, you know, okay. So I don't, I don't get to, 
I don't get to choose what I want. I have to buy only specialized product or only, you know, Trek, you know? So I think that's, I think that that is hurting the industry, not helping the industry. Yeah. You know, it's like, and we have a lot of small independent bike shops around and I, and it's like just hearing their story of how they got into the industry and what has sustained them. And, um, you know, I think those stories are endless. Yeah. So awesome. I just edited, I just edited the podcast, uh, over the weekend with the guy, his name is uh, Cameron Williams and the, uh, He's just started the website, The Random Tandem. Did I ever tell you this story? Oh, no. That's cool. I like that. The Random Tandem. So, The <laughs> Random Tandem. So, he, he was an Aussie, and he decided to ride from the tip of Alaska to the That's tip the of South America <laughs> on a tandem by himself and picking people up along the way to ride oh, with Oh, yeah. You did tell me about that. I forgot yeah, well, I didn't realize well, that was his name. When I talked to him last, he was stranded in Mexico because his wheel literally disintegrated. Oh, my. And the crazy part about that was, so a guy from New York read his story and said, hey, I can, I can go and pick up the parts for you in New York, fly to Mexico, we can install it. And then, uh, and then we can continue on the journey. Wow! And that's exactly what happened. That's because I, I did cool. a follow up phone call with the guy, and he goes, "Yeah, the guy flew from New York down to Mexico. We fixed the bike." Okay, so I'm I'm looking at him. Okay, so last I talked to him, he was in Mexico, um, and now he's. <laughs> He's all the way into Colombia. He's in Colombia and uh, actually he's in Ecuador. Wow. So pretty amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. And so far he's had 25 people jump on the bike with him. How old is he? He's in his 20s. Well, that's a lot of extra bike to have to haul if if you are doing it by yourself. So he's 29. I think when I talked to him the second time, he had just turned 30. So, so yeah, I mean, just think about tip of Alaska to South America, man. That's, it's, that's 30,000 kilometers, Mm. 18,000 miles. Crazy, crazy. But I just, I just loved his spirit. You know, he was just like unflinchable. You know, and he was talking about, you know, he almost got, you know, he had to be careful where he, he camped in Alaska because of grizzly bears. And you're like, oh, yeah, grizzly bears. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, there's like, like stuff you don't even think about. Hey, I just met a girl. And then we're going to, we got to cut this because I'm going to go take a nice hot bath with a nice bath bomb. Um, I met a girl that was on the show alone. Which I never even heard of. Oh, alone. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't have cable, but I saw a preview for it uh, on my mom's on my mom's thing. Yeah, they yeah, put them in precarious. The they dropped them in the wilderness. Yeah, she survived the jungles of uh, Argentina for like ninety days or something like that. That is nuts. It's on the History Channel. I never even yeah. heard about it. I think the one I saw was they dropped some <laughs> back in the Arctic. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, my God. Naked you know. and afraid would never do it. Alone would never do it. I'd die. We were yeah. joking because um, she's, in my, she's in my business coaching group. And um, <laughs> one of the... One of the coaches, like he can't be anywhere, kind of like me, can't be anywhere with his without his sunglasses because you got light colored eyes, you got to wear sunglasses. This is and true. Like, or unless unless your name is Corey Hart. Yeah, I said he would. He'd be dead if he didn't have his sunglasses day one. 
but I can kind of relate to that. I, I'd probably be dead, too. There's yeah. no way in hell I'd be eating bugs. Oh. I, no. I would I would 100% die first. No. Well, dying's only optional. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, it's a- goodness. All right, let's wrap it up, my friend. We're wrapping now. it up because Michelle is hungry and I hear... I hear rappers crinkling. No, those are receipts that I'm going to throw away. Oh. No, I want to I want to soak in the tub. Yeah. Or uh, or lay uh, on the couch. I'm not sure which. A good soak is good. I think Ooh. we're doing I think we're doing HB tomorrow. Yeah, I got too much work. Okay. So, yeah, the uh the century is up in the air right now. Because Half the weather reports say <laughs> rain. Half of them say, uh, maybe. You know, yeah. oh, now says seventy on Saturday and no rain. See, I think the I think the storm is slowing down. I think and it's it not going to hit. Fine. Well, it's not going to hit us until like Sunday or Monday. Well, I am probably going to have to head back. Well, not probably. I definitely have to head back east. I'm just not sure on the dates yet. Trying to figure that out. We're waiting to hear when my mom gets out of re- the um, the rehab place. And then we got to take it from there. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening in the next couple months in my world. Yeah. It sucks. So. No. It sure it's, does. It's one day at a time. That's all you can do. All the more reason to get your ass in shape and stay in shape. But hell no, to the yes. Get out happen. there. Get out there and see the world and have some adventures. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Okay, I'm gonna all call right. it. So once again, this is night. Eric and Michelle. With the What He Said, She Said podcast with Eric and Michelle. Once again, this was episode. 64. And I'm going to try to have this podcast up within a day or two. So maybe I won't do I I'm not doing as much editing. I'm just kind of like, ah, there it is. It's good. Yeah, just, set it out. just set it out that one word, will you? Oh, okay. Should have taken note oh, of that's, what true. that's true. I got I got to edit that one word. My daughter so, will kill me. Okay, I will I will I will uh, replace it with Farfignugan. <laughs> Just do a beep. People of only a certain age will understand what Farfic Nugan is. I don't know what Farfic Nugan is. It was a sla- It was a slogan for for Volkswagen. Oh. Yeah. Oh, on the Super Bowl. Oh, speaking of which, my daughter, my NFL daughter, said that it was the most watched program ever with two hundred and two point four million viewers. Because of Swifty versus last year, that's what I told her. It's because, Taylor. <laughs> because of Swifty, my goodness, Crazy. Swifty's out of control. She's going to take control. She could run for president and win. She's, she should run for president. I know. She'd probably be a better candidate than the other, the other shit we got. Well, <laughs> both sides aren't too good looking too hot. <laughs> nope. So okay, I'm going to call it. Fact. All right, bye. We got to cut it under an hour. (laughs) All right, goodbye. Okay, bye, Michelle. Hi, my name's Michelle. I'm a certified personal trainer and wellness coach. I've been in the fitness industry for 28 years and began combining my R3 method with personal training in 2020. I believe through making changes in your lifestyle, you can thrive versus just survive during peri and postmenopause. Until perimenopause, I was able to control my weight through exercise and eating healthy food. During this time, I had many life stressors that were affecting my emotional and physical self. Several months after my 52nd birthday, I hired my own accountability and nutrition coach as I had felt fluffy and stuck with a middle-aged belly and just downright exhausted. I didn't know how to move forward and felt like I needed someone to guide me and hold me accountable. 
I was ready for change at any cost. What ensued was a mind-body transformation, 18 months of an adventure and education in what my body needed as a menopausal female, focusing on all areas of health, a long, hard look at my nutritional needs, the way I was working out, my sleep, my activity level, my water intake, and learning how to manage stress. The result, 29 pounds lost and 13% body fat gone, restored energy and sleep, stronger workouts, and a passion to help other women do the same. If you are like me, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Coach Michelle with one L, M Fitness, or go to my website at www.mfitnessforlife.com.